Good evening, good evening, good evening. I want to welcome each of you to E3 Ministries Real Talk, where we come together every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To God be the glory for all that he is doing, all that he has done, and all that he is already doing. Even before this teaching starts, what God is releasing and what God is going to speak to each of us as we as he continues to grow and strengthen us to be more and more like him. My name is Minister Tamika Brown, and I just thank God for each one of you. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time, this moment that you have ordained and predestined. God, we ask that you would be with every person on this line, each person who listens to this call in the future and in years to come. We thank you and we praise you for the lives. We thank you for all you're doing. Now, God, we ask you to open our eyes and our ears to receive this word that you're going to release this evening that will not just be hearers, but we doers of your word and take it and apply it to every area of our lives. God, we thank you. And we praise you, God, that we're not going to keep this message to ourselves, but share it with somebody else. God, we bless your holy and righteous name, that your spirit is speaking even at this moment. Have your way, Holy Spirit. And we bless you for all that you're doing, all that you will do, and all that you have done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. To God be the glory. I want to begin with our scriptures. We've been talking about the spiritual disciplines of a Christian life. We've been talking about prayer. And the first scripture for this series comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. And it reads, Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. And the second one is First Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promises for the present life and also for the life to come. Those are our scriptures for this series. And we're going to be, continue talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer. And we've been talking about that God hears and he answers all of our prayers. And there are things that hinder our prayers from being answered. We discussed that over a month um, of um, 14 hindrances to, the, to answered prayer. And we are now talking about the 10 keys to powerful prayer. 10 keys to powerful prayer. And last week we talked about the first one, which was obey God. Obey God. It's critical that we're obedient to God and do what God tells us to do. And a second one, the second key, which we're talking about tonight, is be consistently righteous. Be consistently righteous. And we can see from that title that consistently means we have to do it all the time. It's not something we can choose to do when we want to or pick up on the side or whenever it's convenient, but we have to be consistent 
consistently righteous, meaning consistently striving to do what is right, no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what we want to do, but doing what is right in the sight of God. Why? Because we serve the serve God and we want to do what's pleasing to him. And we know that when we're not doing what's right, it's disobedience, and disobedience is a sin. It's a sin. And we don't want to do things that would cause division. We don't want to do things that would cause our prayers to be hindered. We don't want to do, do anything that would cause separation. We want to stay connected to God. We talked about how important it is to stay connected to the Father at all times, that every moment we need to stay connected to God, asking, seeking him, looking to him for everything. Amen. So we're going to talk about being consistently righteous. And I'm referencing the book by Joyce Myers titled The Power of Simple Prayer, How to Talk to God About Everything. The Power of Simple Prayer, How to Talk to God About Everything. I just want to read some scriptures before we continue in on the second key about righteousness, about righteousness. And I would encourage you to get a pen and write these scriptures down and reflect on them during the week. So the first scripture I'm going to read comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Jesus said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's Matthew 5.10. And then the next one is Proverbs 10.3. Proverbs 10.3. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famine. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. famish. And it was Proverbs 10:3. The next one is Proverbs 10, chapter, sorry, verse 24 through 25. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Listen to that. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. To God be the glory. Proverbs 10, 10, Proverbs 10, 24 and 25. The next one is Psalm 5, 12. Psalm 5, 12. Thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield? Thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield? That was Psalms 5.12. The next one is Proverbs 16.8. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenue with right. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenue without, I mean, sorry. Better is little with righteousness than great revenue without right. Without right. Proverbs 16.8. And the last one I'm going to read is, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. Upon earth, The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. When we talk about blessed men that feareth the Lord, it's having reverence for the Lord, wanting to do what's 
pleasing to him because we love him. We don't want to hurt him. We don't want to do anything that's causing pain or do anything that's not like him. But having the reverence because we love God and want to do what is right in the sight of God. Amen. I know there's some scriptures. I would encourage you to read those throughout the week and and meditate on them and ask God to help you to show you how to apply those scriptures to your life. Amen. So I'm going to start talking about being to be be consistently righteous. It says God's promise in his word. God promises in his word that he will hear our prayers if we seek to be faithful in our walk with him. That listen that God promises in his word that he will hear our prayers if we seek to be faithful in our walk with him. So we, God hears our prayers. And he says, if we are seek to be faithful in our walk with him, understanding that when we said yes to the Lord, when we said, yes, I will follow you, yes, I'll do what you tell me to do, yes, I'll live the life you have called me to live, yes, I'll do it your way, it means that we decided right then and there we're going to live a righteous life that's pleasing to God, doing what is right, being obedient to God. And that means we have to be consistently righteous, meaning that we don't just choose on one day we want to be righteous and the next day we don't know. It means being righteous consistently at all times, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what people are saying, but deciding in your mind that you're going to do what's right because you want to please God and God alone. Amen. And so it says, Proverbs fifteen twenty nine says, The Lord hears the prayers of the consistently righteous, the upright and right standing with him. What does it mean to be consistently righteous? Simply put, I think the best way to be consistently righteous is to refuse to compromise. To refuse to compromise. And that means that you don't, you, you don't, you're not going to fall in and do what other people are doing because everyone else is doing, but you refuse to compromise and you re- and you decide you're going to do right in every situation and refuse to do it what, what everyone else is doing because it seems right, but doing what's righteous in the eyes of God. That you don't just, if, if you don't decide you're going to not compromise in one area and then you, you compromise in another area, you, you decide that you refuse to compromise no matter what. And it says, a person who compromises is someone who tends to go along with what everybody else wants to do, even though it may not be totally right. So sometimes when we're in a crowd or at our job or doing something where people are saying, do this, do that, and then we'll try, and we, and we have to make that choice, do what's right in the sight of God, what's based on the word of God. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll say, I'll just do this part. It's not always, uh, you might do part of what they're doing and not the other part, thinking that one part is not as bad as the other part. But we need to decide we're going to be righteous and and refuse to compromise no matter what, no matter what. So as I said, a person who compromises is someone who tends to go along with what everyone else, everybody else wants to do, even though it may not be totally right. So totally right meaning that it may... It may not be all bad, but it's not right in the sight of God. So when you're in a situation where you have to say people are telling you to try this or do that, let's go here, 
and you know, and you get that feeling in your spirit, the Holy Spirit telling you that something ain't right, you need to pray right then and ask God to show you, is this what you would have me to do? Is this what's pleasing in your sight? Is this what you would, would you get the glory out of this? Will you be pleased with what I'm about to do? Is this right in the sight of God? And ask God to show you before you make the move, before you even go, before you even do it. Pray and ask God to show you, is this right in the sight of God? And what am I, is what I'm about to do going to bring you glory? Is it going to be pleasing to you, Lord? So you need to remember to ask God that in those situations. Amen. And I want to... Um, and not only in that, in those situations, but in every situation, whatever we have to do, ask God, is this right in your eyes? Will you be pleased with what I'm about to do? I'm getting involved in what I'm going to, what I'm about to go forward. And is this what you would have me to do? Amen. And I want to read um, a part of Daniel where it talks about when Daniel did refuse to compromise. And this is a good example of, uh, um, example of when Daniel refused to compromise, refused to compromise, and he was consistently righteous. Amen. So I'm going to read a little bit of this on Daniel. I'm reading from Daniel chapter five, and I'm going to start at um, Daniel chapter five. And I'm going to start at let's see. I'm sorry, not Daniel chapter five. Daniel chapter. I'm sorry, Dan, Daniel chapter three. Daniel chapter three. And it reads: Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was sixty cubits, and its width six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent forth word as to assemble the, the sad traps, the perfect and the governors, the counselors, the treasurer, the judges, and the magistrates, and all the rulers of the providence to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Then the sad traps, the perfect, perfect the governors and the counselors, the treasurer, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the province were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O people, nations, and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the people peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So we see that at this point that he had set up this statue of himself and he wanted the people to 
worship this image. But we know that Daniel's friends, which um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not bow down. And I'm going to read that part, and it starts at verse 8. For this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music is to fall down and worship the golden image. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the providence of Babylon, named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have discarded, disregarded you and, they do, and do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is this true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the gold image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the moment, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. He will deliver us out of your hands, O king. O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your God or worship the golden image that you have set up. So that is one example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who also were came with Daniel when they were chosen to serve in Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. They did not, they chose not to bow down. They did not compromise what they knew was right. They did not bow down to an idol. They knew that they served God and God alone. And they knew they had to do what God told them to do and not what the king Nebuchadnezzar was telling them to do. And that's what we have to remember, that when we are, as a Christian, as as we serve God, that we cannot compromise. We can't allow, we can't compromise our values so it doesn't feel comfortable because other people are not doing it because we need to do what's right in the sight of God because God is supposed to live a righteous life and to do what pleases him. Amen. So, to continue our discussion, it says, so we said a person who compromises someone who tends to go along with what everyone else wants to do, even though it may be, may not be totally right. A compromiser knows when something is not right. A compromiser knows when something is not right, but does it anyway and hopes to get away with it. Now, listen to that. A compromiser knows when something is not right, but does it anyway and hopes to get away with it. And what that means is that God, the Holy Spirit, he let, lets us know when something is not right. He'll put something in our spirit, it won't sound right, it won't feel right. And then at that point, we have an option to either do what is right in the sight of God or do what is wrong. 
And we need to remember that we need to choose not to compromise. We need to do what is right and say, I'm going to stand on the word of God because God tells me what I need to do, and I want to be pleasing to him, pleasing to him. Because compromise, being a compromising, it, it's it's easy. It doesn't it cost, and it doesn't it doesn't cause a comfort zone. But when we decide to be consistently righteous, it means that we want to please God, no matter what it is, no matter what's going on. Going on, we want to do what's right because we love God, because we want to be pleasing to Him, because we serve Him, and we want Him to get the glory out of our lives. Amen. So it says, we compromise when we know in our hearts and even have the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we should not say, should not do, should not buy, or should not eat something and respond with, well, I know I shouldn't say this, but, I know I shouldn't eat this, but, well, I know I shouldn't buy this, but, I know I shouldn't do this, but, I know I shouldn't stay up this late, but, so when we decide to say, I'm going to do it anyway, kind of, and when I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway, we're compromising. As long as think about, as you go throughout this week, think about times that you might have compromised your, what you knew was right, what you knew, what you knew you should have done, but you did it, you did the wrong thing anyway. Think about the time that you might have decided to do it the other way and not do it God's way, and you compromised because you felt pressure, because it felt comfortable, and because because you decided to just, because maybe you decided to say, I'm just going to do it a little bit, and it's not that bad when you try to make excuses. So just be honest with God. And if, you, if God shows you any place where you've compromised, where you have not done what's right in the sight of God, repent, confess, repent, and do it God's way. And know that when you confess, God is faithful, he is just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. But if God shows you any place where you might have compromised, any of us, because we all have done it, I've done it, you've done it, times that we've compromised because it felt comfortable, but this making your mind that you know, from this day forward, you're not going to compromise. You're going to do what's right no matter what the others are doing. You're going to do what's right because you want to serve God and give him the glory, that he may get the glory in everything you do. Amen. Amen. So, so it says. So those. So that's an uh, um, example of what, how we compromise. Well, I know I shouldn't buy this, but we do it anyway, and we try to just sugarcoat and make it not sound like it's so bad, or or just try to make it not sound like it. It's not. It's not too far out, or we, right, we haven't done so wrong. If if it's not pleasing to God, and God tells us wrong. Then when we do it, that's disobedience and that sin. Just remember that. So if God shows you it's not the Holy Spirit puts you for that, then you shouldn't be doing this. Do what is right in the sight of God, and know that God is going to bless you guys. God is pleased when we do what is right. But we want we want the blessings of God. We want God to be pleased with everything that we do. Amen. So the continuous says what we are really saying with our with our I shouldn't I shouldn't but we are saying God is showing me what to do but I'm going to do what I want to do. Wow, that's powerful. So when we say I shouldn't but I shouldn't but as we gave those examples, what we are saying is God is showing me what to do. But I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what we're saying. When you hear that, 
it should hurt our heart because we want to please God. We want God to be pleased. We don't want to compromise our values, what God has shown us. We don't want to do what is wrong. We want to be pleasing to the Lord. And understand that sometimes, sometimes we're not always going to make the right decision. So first know that sometimes we will not always make the right decision. So don't beat up on yourself. First, don't beat up on yourself if you haven't always made the right decision, if if you've done something you shouldn't have done. If you know it's wrong, if God brings you back to your remembrance, Go to God and ask God for forgiveness and confess and repent and know that you are forgiven at that moment. But don't beat up on yourself. But from this day forward, decide you're going to be consistently righteous, striving to be consistently righteous in every area of your life. And if if you know that, ask God to show you each day if there's a place where you've not been, where you've compromised and confess and repent and ask God to help you do better the next day. But do not beat up on yourself, because we all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have made mistakes. But thanks be to God, it gives us another chance to go do better and better. Each day he puts puts breath in our body. So from this day forward, decide that you're going to be consistently righteous and do what's pleasing to the Lord. To God be the glory. And I'm going to stop there for tonight, and we will finish the second key, be consistently righteous next week. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time. We thank you for your word that has gone forth, God. We thank you, God, for speaking to us and revealing to us, Lord, times that we have not done always done right, Lord, when we haven't been, we haven't when we've compromised and done it our way and instead of doing it your your way, when we haven't listened to the leading of your Holy Spirit like we should have and we did it our way and said, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask you to help us to do better, Lord, from this day forward, God. Bring to our remembrance anything that we need to confess, any time that we've compromised, Lord, God. We ask you, Lord, for your forgiveness in the name of Jesus. We want to please you, God. We want to serve you. We want to do what you have called us to do because we love you, God. We love you so much, God. So continue to use us, continue to guide us, continue to direct us, continue to open our eyes and our ears and show those areas that we need to do better in so we can serve and be more and more like you, more and more like you. We love you so much, God. We love you so much. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Have your way in each person's life and continue to bless and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank God for each one of you. I thank you for joining in and listening in. I thank God for all those who listen to this call in the future and in years and days to come. For I know that as the word is gone forth, it will not return void. It will accomplish all that God has ordained and predestined to do in each of our lives. So continue to seek him, continue to do what is right and pleasing in the sight of God. And I pray that each of you will join Ether Ministries for Real Talk next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we continue our discussion on the 10 keys to powerful prayer. God bless you. My name is Minister Tamika Brown, and have a blessed week. Amen.